0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz
1: every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
0: It's Livin' the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Breen.
1: This week on Live in the Bream, we have somebody that if you are a Fox fan or a Fox Nation fan, you will recognize and know this gentleman. Johnny Joey Jones is a retired Marine bomb tech. He is the host of Fox Nation Outdoors, uh, part of the Proud American Podcast. He hosts that. He has much more coming down the pike as well. Welcome, Joey. Good to have you.
0: I'm excited to be here. I know all the other people we've had on here, and I feel like I'm in rare air. I don't know if I'm batting cleanup, but I sure am excited to be Mm -hmm. on here.
1: Listen, we had to work hard to get you nailed down. We are very (laughs) honored that you're joining us on Live in the Bream. There are so many things to talk about with you. Let me start with some current event stuff because you are a Georgia guy. What do you make of what's going on politically there now with the new voting rights law, voter integrity law, whatever people want to call it, um, some calling it discriminatory, um, and the whole Major League Baseball and this cascade of potential other boycotts with Delton, Coca-Cola. What do you think of, of what's swirling around?
0: Well, the first thing I I want to say is that it's just incredibly disheartening. Um, people in Georgia are proud, and we are all Braves fans. I mean, you know, the footprint's big. You know a little bit about that yourself. Mm-hmm. And so this was one of the things that we could still hold on to after a very tumultuous election cycle where – People stayed home for our special election from the Senate because they believed that our November election was fraudulent. And it was just such a difficult thing to live here and love this state and everybody in it, regardless of what their politics are. And to see one of those last things we're holding on to uh, become so. I don't know, divisive, I guess, but I mean, I don't think among Braves fans we're all that divided. I think we're frustrated. This might, maybe this will bring us together simply because it's an us against the world at this point, because even the Braves organization was like, you're going to punish us Mm -hmm. for something the state legislature did, but I've done my diligence to read through and try to understand this law. Um, I think the misinformation is strong. I think at the end of the day, you can easily see Democrats found an advantage Through the pandemic and through mail in voting, and through some things that were there that weren't being utilized. And Republicans said, That's not fair. We're going to standardize this. And in doing so, some of that advantage they found went away and some of it was codified. But I don't think any of it is overtly discriminatory or even covertly discriminatory because I think you have to look at it as access to voting rather than uh, the demographics of where that access is. And what I mean is, some of these counties just had big advantages regardless of their demographic or numbers because they took advantage of these drop boxes and things that the governor and commission allowed to happen. What the, what the legislature did is they went back and said, OK, well, that's a good idea, but let's standardize it. Put it in every county. I literally had someone tell me on Twitter who's a smart man, a liberal. Uh that one of the except one of the things he didn't like about the new voting law was that it put drop boxes in rural counties. Well, that means you're telling me you don't want middle class white people to vote, you know, and so like things like that does it that that is discriminatory, so you can't have it both ways. I think Georgians that read the law, regardless of where they're coming from, are like, what's the big deal?
1: Mm-hmm. well, and I think it's important for any of these stories. We always encourage people go out and read it for yourself. I mean, Absolutely. the law is out there, and I think the more people who read it themselves. Um, they find some of what they thought was true, some of it's not, or it's inaccurate, or they're misinterpreted. And whether people are doing that intentionally or not, I mean, that's a conversation to have. Um, Last week when I was looking into this, I looked back to look at um, how many states have what you would call voter integrity, things like voter ID, signature requirements, that kind of thing. I mean, there are dozens of states that have this kind of stuff. It's not like Georgia just came up with it. There are red and blue states and purple states that have different things. And what we find is that over 70% of Americans say that they actually support things like voter ID, because they want to make sure that their vote actually counts, isn't being canceled out by somebody else, you know, pulling some kind of scam. So I do think people agree more than they disagree. But the way it's being portrayed to them is making it feel divisive. um, When if you had people in the same room, sat them down with the text of the bill, talk through some of these issues, I think Americans, more of them agree than disagree. So we have to you know, be careful and think about um, who wants there to be a division. And I would say the left and the right both do it when it works for them. Um, but for these bills and for these laws, um, especially if it's your home state, you have an interest in knowing the truth. And so I hope people will dig around and find that out. Uh, and I can talk to you about so many other political issues, but I want to talk to you about fun stuff too. Let's talk about Fox Nation Outdoors because um, I have told you that this would be like my husband's dream job that he died into <laughs> heaven. Um, tell us about what you do and who some of your guests are and um, what it's been like, that experience.
0: You know my inspiration for the show, and also if your husband ever wants to go hunting, I'm I'm always looking to go hunting and looking for buddies. I'll to go never
1: with, see so. him again. You guys <laughs> yeah. will just be bros, and I will be peaced out.
0: Well, I'm I'm I'll make sure that you're invited too, but I, <laughs> yeah. that's between you and him, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my inspiration for this show, and and Fox Nation brought it to me eventually, but I had pitched a couple of things along the way, and this was part of of coming up with it. Was I went antelope hunting in New Mexico with a cattle farmer named Sid. And Sid owned thousands of acres through his family. He lived in a a nicely kept double wide trailer that was turned into a homestead. He woke up every morning, got on his horse, rode across a two lane highway onto his property and was on his land all day long tending to these free range cattle. And the conversations I had with Sid were just amazing the depth of knowledge he had, the amount of concern he had, not just in agriculture and livestock and what he did, but in this country, you know, I realized that hunting is a way to go out and experience a state in a way you want by dropping into its capital city or dropping into its tourism. And so for me, I wanted to go out and tell the story of some of these states, some of them more rural, but not all of them. And one of the ways to do that is through hunting. And so to experience the outdoors and appreciate what I believe is this amazing world God created for us. We remove ourselves from it entirely too much mm-hmm. anyway. It's, I mean, it's true. Everything from the amount of sunlight we get that affects some of our psychological problems to our physical health of not eating correctly and not eating uh, rhythmically. We're, we're hurting ourselves physically and psychologically by not being connected to nature. And to find a goal like hunting, where you have to go out and study nature and understand it and be a part of it for just the chance of harvesting ethically an animal Man, it's just it's a passion that can turn into a life's work. And for me, I get to make six episodes at a time and have interesting people come on and do it with me. And we go to fun places. We have three guests for every show. We have the species of animal we're hunting because we're going to tell you all about it. We have the celebrity. Usually it's a celebrity that's hunting with us. And then we have the state and place we're going to. And in 30 minutes, we get to introduce you to all three. Sometimes our hunts are successful. Sometimes they aren't. Mm-hmm. But every time you watch one of these episodes, you you feel like you've been there and you've experienced it. And I guarantee you, people are watching these episodes and booking a trip, even if it's to a mm-hmm. national park to go see these places.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're like my husband, you'll say, even if you don't get something, a good day of hunting, a bad day of hunting, it's a day of hunting. You Absolutely. Know, you're, you're out there having a good time. Now, <laughs> let me ask you, um, do you have a specific um style or animal or are you more gun are you archery um or you just kind of do everything
0: i'll tell you if you're gonna do this you have to learn to do everything because the way hunting seasons are laid out Mm -hmm archeries first and then depending on the state it's shotgun or muzzle loader and then some states have a rifle and so you really have to learn to do it all up until i started this show i'd only really ever hunted with a rifle and so i took my first archery kill this year and i fell in love with it but what sucks about that for me is i've got an entire room full of guns they're all there for hunting It's my life's investment. And now I can take a bow and arrow that's worth about half as much as many of those guns and go hunt everything that I hunt with those guns. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a bittersweet, ironic thing to just fall in love with archery. But my favorite hunting is waterfowl hunting, which you use a shotgun for that. And I love it for a couple of reasons. One, it's a social sport. Birds don't care if you make noise. They care if you move. So as long as you're still, you can talk. and you Exactly. And you need people there because... Birds fly fast, so everybody's got to be shooting. And then two, you, can, you hmm. can duck hunt or geese hunt anywhere in the country. And so you, I literally, Shannon, I was in a boat with a shotgun in my hands, sitting a couple hundred yards from the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, staring at National Harbor on, on, the, on the, the river there. And this is like right next to D.C. I had the George Washington Parkway to my back.
1: Yeah, the Potomac. And you yeah, were right the, down the I from us. couldn't
0: think of the word, but yes, the Potomac, and the, the the very famous, and I should know the name Potomac. <laughs> and and just that was a surreal moment. I was there with two Marine Corps buddies. The sun came up and it lit up DC, and I was like, man, this is just such an amazing thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It does take you to a lot of different places. Um, my brother-in-law is a big hunter too, so he's been around the world, and he has got a room that you know, at nighttime, you don't want to go in there with the lights (laughs) off. It's a little scary because there are all kinds of size of beasts and and all kinds of different things. Living the Bream continues in a moment. Speak to this where, you know, you talk about the the guns that you have. You've obviously been trained. You've served our country. um, So you know how to handle these things. But there have been um, some terrible events in the news lately, and it immediately sparks the conversation again about gun control and about safety. Um, How do you talk with people about that issue?
0: I ask them what the gun laws are. And as soon as they start to fumble, because they always do, because people that don't buy guns don't know the gun laws, then I ask them, do you know how those laws are failing? And they kind of look at me a little puzzled and I explain it to them and, and I don't do it in some way of antagonizing them. Like their opinion is relevant. I know that my 11 year old son would not be as passionate about guns as I am because he has a lot more competing for his interest. So it may be that in 20 years or 50 years, guns aren't what they are in our culture. But right now today, guns have been a more consistent part of America than alcohol has or anything that we consider to be a part of our culture that also comes with risk and ultimately death. And so the way I frame it is simple. I would work with you all day long to point a finger and fix the laws we have. And if we took the energy and time to do that, and at the end of the day, we still had the problems we have, I've got no choice, but to look at new restrictions and new ways of of handling these. But as long as the political party that's trying to change gun laws isn't willing to have that conversation first, then I have no faith in what they're bringing to the table. Because as someone who understands guns intimately, the industry, the people and the culture, how they're purchased, how they're manufactured, how they're used, where they are, how they're accessed, state by state, I understand this. I know for a fact that we're already failing with the laws we have because we're not putting the resources and time into it. And until we fix that, no new law is going to fix that problem. If someone's caught with an illegal weapon and they walk back out on the street that day because that city or state has laws that say if you if you didn't commit a murder today, but you only tried to, you can leave, then you're not going to you're not going to fix the problem. And those are the problems, the gun laws that we need to work on. Obviously, I have a bias. But the first thing I do is listen, because if somebody cares about this, usually it's for a reason and we don't listen
1: enough. That is true on all kinds of topics, um, for sure. You mentioned that, you know, you'd have an open mind to things if you thought that they would actually improve the situation. Is it non-enforcement of the laws we have now? Are there so-called loopholes or are there pieces of common ground that you think we could improve the situation?
0: The the one place that I think are in I'll pause a minute to put this out there as first time some have had a chance to say it in a public platform. And it's something that somebody will probably take issue with the one place we have the weakest argument as gun owners and hobbyists and culturists and shooters and professional shooters is what we would call person to person purchase, where we mm-hmm. don't do a background check. If I want to sell my gun to a friend or a relative. Now we still have the responsibility that we have to ensure that person can legally own a firearm. We have to ask those questions whether we know them or not, but we don't have to do any paperwork to prove it. And so the term they use is, utilizes is universal background check. Mm-hmm. The problem is every time they put that in legislation, they add to it some form of tracking every serial number on a weapon in the country that's ever been. And that becomes an infringement upon personal liberty. And so where that gray area is, is where there's room for middle ground working. Can Do I have a problem going with someone to a gun store and paying $25 to run a background check before I sell them my farm. No, not at all. Do I have a problem with the government knowing every firearm I own? Yes, I do. If we could find a way to rectify that, sign me up tomorrow. I have no problem purchasing or selling a gun from a stranger or someone and running a background check to do it. It's just how we get there and how we enforce it. Because at the end of the day, that law I just told you about without the registry that I think is an infringement upon our, uh, upon our rights. It becomes punitive only. It's not preventative in any way. and that's the problem. Like even with these background check laws, they're punitive, not preventative. So once you take that gun and do something illegal, now we can we can nail you for mm-hmm. it. But it's not preventative because they're they're not standing there when I decide to exchange this gun with this person legally or illegally. And that's the problem.
1: Yeah, and I do think that there are people who worry about what would become a de facto registry. Uh, Of guns out there, if you handle things in that way. I mean, I grew up, my dad was in law enforcement. um, My stepdad, too. Everybody in my family is a hunter, including the women. Um, And so I grew up around these things and have great reverence um, for firearms and and believe that they have a rightful, legal, constitutional place um, in our Uh, in the framework of America. And we have to, like you said, be willing to have conversations and hear people out. And a lot of times I do think it's having conversations with people, just like we were talking about with the laws, um, so that everybody has a better understanding of the facts of what's on the books of what could be changed um, to improve um, where there is some common ground and um, what the real concerns are that people have with some of those Um, legislative agenda items. Um, So that conversation is not going away anytime soon. All right. Can you tell us what your plans are moving forward for um, your next round of outdoors? Do you know yet where you'll be going or who you'll be working with? Or do you have sort of a dream hunt or dream celebrity person to go with you?
0: You know, I believe in speaking Providence into existence. I do not have a green light on Fox Nation Outdoors uh, season three, but I think simply because I have the chance to talk about it, It'll happen. So uh, the day that we get that opportunity, yeah, we do. We we have some, some great ideas. There are some events around the country that are celebrated. There's something called the one shot antelope hunt. And I probably have the name a little bit backwards here, but it's two States. I believe, wyoming and montana but it may be two other states it might might be one of the dakotas i can't remember and they do this big antelope hunt where three people get on a team and each person has one shot in mm. the team to go out and harvest an antelope with all three shots the quickest wins but you don't hunt together you mix and match your team
1: okay
0: and like general schwartzcloth has won this event um i believe ollie north won it i believe some politicians have won it maybe even uh governors. And so it's it's really something that is like a huge fellowship. And it's really these states, two states partner, I'll look up what they are. And it's really just to share their state with the world and with, with everyone around them. Because if you're going to go out and hunt antelope, you're going to see the countryside. And then uh, there's a place up in Maryland called Patriot Point. It was founded by the, the Plank family that started Under Armour. And it's this beautiful eastern shore of Maryland hunting ground where they hunt ducks and Sika elk, which is a, uh, I believe an Asian import that now Mm. runs wild on the Eastern and Western coast of the United States. And in Maryland's about the only place in the country you can hunt them. And they're little bitty, but they're elk, but they're, they're like a third of the size of a deer.
1: I've never heard of that.
0: They're incredibly resilient. They're called Sika S I K A Sika elk, Sika elk, not to be confused with Sika deer, which is S I T K A out on the West coast. It's, nerdy is what it is but these elk are really amazing they were almost consolidated to an island off the eastern shore of Maryland that island flooded back about 2010 or 11 and they thought they would they lost them and what happens was it just washed them to the shore and now they're everywhere they're they're just flourishing and we can hunt them and so I want to go out there with some wounded veterans at Patriot point do a duck hunt a Sika elk hunt and show people that even on the eastern shore of Maryland which you might think is a little bit too north to be a hunting place. It's one of the best hunting places in the world. It's a top 10 county in the country for whitetail. It's just beautiful out there.
1: It is. It's not far from here at all. And I, and i primarily think of that area as being waterfowl too, too, like you mentioned. Um, but gosh, there are a lot of different opportunities there. Okay. Now I have to ask you when you aren't hunting, um, <laughs> defending our country, um, podcasting or whatever. What do you like to do for fun? What kind of music do you like? Um, what, and tell us a little bit more about Triple J.
0: Family time is fun time for me. Uh, my dining room was converted to a family game room. I don't share <laughs> a lot of my family on social media because it's the last bastion of privacy in mm-hmm. my life. Uh, but but people that follow me know I have a family. I've got two kids and a wife and uh and so we have the game room that we play board games and do puzzles in competitive uh i am i (laughs) I
1: don't like to play board games as much because i get a little psycho
0: i'm i'm always begging people to play risk with me because i want to test my strategies i learned and on deployment um and then vacation Uh, opportunities to spend a weekend here a day there just to go on a trip and and um that's something that's really important to me because it's not something i got to do growing up i grew up in georgia i went to disney the first time when i was 34 so i want my kids to get out and see the country and see the places around us so we do a lot of that and then for me i'm as country as a turnip green i enjoy mowing the grass and uh things like that I, i own about 10 acres and i'm gonna touch every inch of it and trim the trees or put out a deer feeder unfortunately most of my fun is centered around Hunting, and then there's a certain time of year where football season starts, and I'm oh, a big college yeah. football fan. So, all right, who's your team? I'm a Georgia guy, so I'm a Georgia Bulldogs oh, fan. Yeah.
1: yeah, go dogs! All right, yeah. well, let's hope that this fall that there is a true return to college football as we yes. once really enjoyed it. That everybody can safely be there and cheering their guts out. It's the one place where I completely lose the ability to be. Um, reserved at all as at a college football <laughs> game um it is a great place to just let go and and hoot and holler for your team and um win some you lose some but right. um, listen thanks for giving us a peek into your life we hope that we will see another round of outdoors coming um and i know you have some other exciting things in the works so keep us up to date in the meantime thank you always for your defense of our country your service to our country um and speaking up for things that matter to you we appreciate it
0: well thank you so much this was a lot of
1: fun